you want to hang out not on the podcast at we, some point? Remember, so, I mean, we tried to go to the pub and then the pub didn't know about it. Oh my God, that was the most infuriating <laughs> thing. Like another pub took us in. But by that point I was like, you'd already tried not to come. I was yeah. like, I don't want to keep ringing up and be like, I've got a new plan. Yeah. So I was like, we get halfway there and it's like, oh no, we don't have a room. <laughs> yeah. We got trashed that night as well because it was like bank holiday the next day. Yes. So like there's a table next to us and they kept ordering espresso martinis. Um, and Hobbsy was like, we can have one. We're like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And then the fireballs came out and we were like, we could have one. Yeah. And then you asked the bar staff, what else have you got? Yeah, it's never just one, no. as they say. No. It's good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think I'm dying of some kind of liver problem. Nah, I wouldn't have thought so. Hello and welcome to episode 42. Correct. Fantastic. Of Hey Brew. The podcast about beer and storytelling? Yes, also correct. Excellent. Uh, each week, one of us brings a beer and often a tangentially, but sometimes quite closely related story. My name is Elliot. My name is Mike. Last week, I did a re- week before last or whatever, I did a really smooth intro. This one, hmm, less so. I feel like they're all about <laughs> the same level. <laughs> they regress to a mean, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Fair. So- sometimes you start high, you finish low. Sometimes it's the opposite. Hmm. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear. Mike, how you going? Yeah, doing all right. Good. good. Yeah. Um, Went for a walk today without my mask on because we're allowed. I know, it's fucking exciting. It was actually like kind of nice to see people out and actually see their whole face. Yeah. You know, there's only so much smiling with my eyes at strangers that feels creepy that I'm kind of willing to put up with. Yeah. I I don't uh, tend to leave the house without sunglasses, not because I think I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger in the hit 1982 film The Terminator. Mm Mm-hmm guessing at a year yeah um but because i am a soft photogenic uh, photo sensitive boy mm-hmm. um and so i like to wear sunglasses even when it's slightly like gray out because i find mm-hmm. it very glary so mask time for me has been just me being completely blank expression for everybody yeah well you've you've seen like uh on on my street there's the the warehouse towards one end and it's all white painted brick oh yeah and very light uh concrete on the sidewalk mm. uh when i go out there and it's sunny and it fucking bounces up like it does off snow That's like snow blindness yeah, yeah it's oh, yeah. yeah it's brutal sometimes like because i don't get a lot of natural light directly through my windows so i can yeah, right. get that that kind of you know uh, disparity between what the actual light level is outside and i'll just go outside and fucking not be able to see anything <laughs> you go out with mad dilated pupils like a scared cat <laughs> basically and i'm like trying to fucking squint and walk down the street and i must look like i've just hotboxed my house and then left <laughs> it's like oh that that weird kid's out again yeah fucking tattoos painted nails and squinty eyes what's he up to <laughs> uh, you're the ruffian on your street i probably am or at least i present that way i, I guess at one point i think i was the poorest person living on turak road which was quite fun yeah that wouldn't surprise me it's turak road <laughs> <laughs> Some heavily Melbourne content. Uh, Mike, yes. have you had any good beers lately? Yes. Or anything interesting beer-wise in the last couple of weeks? I, on Friday, went to Two Birds. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah the out, one just down the road from me. Yeah, Thanks way. for letting me know. No, it was, it was for a dog. Bird, birthday <laughs> gathering for a, for a friend. It was for bird watching. <laughs> At Two Birds, yeah, no. Um, uh, no, it was, it was really good. Like, I've obviously never been to their, hmm. their venue there. It's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, um, West is best. Yeah, it's it's not bad. Uh, had some of their they got some limited uh, release beers on tap there. Had a few of those. Um, we nearly had two birds today for the record. Oh well, okay. Uh, yeah, had an, what XPA? I think I had a sour and a sort of more citrus IPA joint at the end. Yeah, nice. Really nice. 
really nice. Like I, I kind of sleep on two birds a bit because they, they don't, they're not like a lot of these smaller breweries that are like reaching for wild, bold flavors. Like they do that here and there, but to me, they feel like they have more of a solid core range. And sometimes I like to just go back to that, but it's not something I get regularly yeah, at man. the same time. It's like you're in my head, mate. Since I've moved over there, I've been getting more two birds, but I'm mm. exactly the same. I won't tend to gravitate towards it because it's like not, not that it's not exciting. That's not fair, but it's not unusual, I guess, which mm. is just kind of a dumb way to buy beer because sometimes you want to just drink a pale ale. Yeah. Like I drink a lot of Hop Nation's The Heart for that reason. Or yeah. A lot of the West oh, Side the boys. So good. Um, but yeah, two birds make some really, really great core beers. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, those limited ones that they do put out, I've really enjoyed. We've, we've done one of their beers on here, the um, Drinking Your Underwear one. Yes. Um, and that was that was quite delicious, if I remember correctly. But yeah, they, they had a, their ordering system was probably like a lot of places at the moment. Scan a QR code, mm. brings up a menu. Um, it, was, it was as actually felt almost like I would prefer things to be that way because I got to sit at the table, order on my phone, someone brought the beer to me and I'd already paid for it. So there wasn't that thing of like, you're ordering on a table and then you pay the bill at the end and it's all annoying yeah um and you also don't have to go up to the bar to get it it's just like oh cool someone's just gonna bring that out yeah i i, I both like and dislike it i like it because i'm i'm feeling quite lazy but also mm-hmm. quite um sometimes i so i've just gone to, from living on my own to living with somebody so sometimes mm-hmm. not having to deal with people is quite pleasant at the moment yes um yeah that's true uh, but but the other side of me is i quite like going to the bar and chatting to bar, bar staff and yeah. stuff so I that, don't know. that's what i was going to say is especially when it's like a bit more a quiet venue and breweries on like tend to be a lot of the time um i I quite like going up and sort of going oh what do you recommend what do you got on at the moment yeah what are you enjoying yeah Yeah. that that sort of stuff and maybe i end up trying something i might not have otherwise yeah so no uh, i think that's absolutely fair play yeah it was good though i really enjoyed it um had a a nice beef brisket burger there too that was real good like nice and simple they didn't try to put too many things in there they let the beef kind of speak for itself speak for itself yeah um and that was very good so you weren't left asking Where's the beef? Where's the beef? <laughs> I don't know why I find that so funny. Um, yeah, that sounds rad, man. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Welcome welcome to the West Side, boy. Yeah, I, I dabble every now and then. bitch. That's just like so <laughs> That would have been actually really funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should have done So we can have another run at it. No. Yeah, no. Ne- next time you go to say it, you, you need to end with bitch. Yeah. All right. I'd say it a lot. Okay. Uh, how about you? Anything? Um... I went out in Footscray on Friday, but that's about it. Oh, I went to um, Sloth in Footscray. Had a, had a nice uh, Moondog IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty good. I forget what they're called, but they've got dogs on them, and it was number six. Yeah, they've done a range of those, and yeah. they're all really nice. Yeah, it was a, it was quite a dark, malted one. It felt mm-hmm. more like an English IPA, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. It was, it was, that was really good. Um, yeah, what, what else have I been drinking recently? Um, oh, last night I had a um, Moondog and uh, I don't know if it's pronounced Tool or Toel or something like that. Yeah. Um, we have looked this up and we have pronounced it. I think we featured before. one of the beers on the show once. Uh, yeah, I almost certainly have actually, yeah. yeah. But they did a um, a cake called, uh, sorry, a beer called Magic Cake, I think it was. Ah. Um, and it's a, the, the picture is a cake in space. Um, Amazing. But it's like a, yeah, coconutty, caramelly, coffee stout. It's pretty pretty great. I had it last Goodness. night. It's quite sweet, but it was pretty tasty. Yeah, but I okay. picked that up yesterday, yesterday evening so I could sit and write this episode with it. Nice. Um and have a delicious pizza. So that was great. That, that sounds like a real treat. Yeah, it was actually yeah. really nice. Oh, and I went to Inner North last weekend as well. So that was oh, cool. Good. Yeah. I'm glad they're they're still there. <laughs> I'm worried. A little don't bit. worry. They're getting a lot of patronage from me. Good. <laughs> nah, doing good. well. Doing well. Yeah. I uh, also went to Moondog World again. Mm. 
when was that? This was, well, yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, with a couple of friends, uh, and I was like, we, we, we're all sitting there looking at the menu. We've got the, there's like a package you can get. Mm-hmm. They've got two levels of package, which is basically how much of the beer list you have access to. Um, but it was, you know, for a two hour sitting, I think it was 65 bucks. And it was like, That's right. choose uh, a main and then as many beers as you can drink. Yeah. That's a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you die. Yeah. Uh, so I die. So, so yeah, we, we had a few pints. It was, uh, we, we were sitting there looking, like going over the menu and one of the guys was like, I really need to get a Palmer. It's my first pub night back. And I was yeah. like, I haven't had a Palmer in fucking years. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. Um, and then we all just ended up getting Palmers. It was great. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent use of time. such a good night. That's really good. And then we drove through a Macca's and got McFlurries afterwards. <laughs> There's um, my next one neighbor was telling me that behind where Moondog World is, mm. now he didn't know Moondog World was there. He was telling me there's a, a place that does like discount Hugo Boss and a couple of other things like all right, I think Tommy Hilfiger or something. That's weird. Like and it's in Preston. I was like, oh, I'll look it up, and it's like it's behind Moondog World. I could get trashed and then go buy suits. And it like, would get trashed. Tra- yeah, <laughs> great idea. Do it the other way around. Go buy suits and then get trashed in yeah. suits. Yeah. Off we go. Yeah. <laughs> I'll right, order the Uber. The, cut the recording. Here we go. Yeah, thanks. This has been Hebrew. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of ch- cheers. Um, <laughs> yep. Great. Come on. Uh, we've got a beer in front of us. As per usual. Yes. Sometimes it's slightly to the side. Never mind. Um, so um, today we are drinking. That's probably really noisy on the mic. I apologize. That's I was right. turning it on the mic. Just don't do it again. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it is a Danish beer. From uh, Ale Farm. Yeah. Now, to be perfectly honest with you, I cannot pronounce this. So I'm going to um, have a bash. Um, give Aldrig up. Um, yeah. And it is a double IPA with Ella, Enigma, Vic Secret, and Galaxy, one of which is a, an Australian hop. Um, yes. So I'm going to not talk about what the beer says on it and stuff or the packaging until we've had a little drink of it okay. um, because it leads into the topic. So let's crack her open. So as I say, double IPA. Um, I drove here, 8%. I'll be napping in the car before I go home. Do you want me to get it open? That's all right. Okay. I got it. Jeez, these Danish cans are tough. Yeah. Tougher also with freshly painted nails. Yeah. It's more that I'm just trying not to break them. Fair. I haven't painted mine in ages and I haven't really done my hair properly in ages and i think i like need to stop being living at home all the time i need to like go out somewhere well, now you can that's a really good point yeah yeah treat yourself treat yourself i might go get a, a manicure this is probably just like a off off mic to talk to be honest mm-hmm. but here we are that is very orange and smells very just? very strong it's really citrusy that just smells like orange juice yeah what is going on hang on those Danes done us again. <laughs> you know, our, our ancient enemy, the Danes. Yes, just put orange juice in a can, made it fizzy. Um, I got recommended a beer last night that's a mandarin sour, and the guy was like, you can get orange and you can get clementine flavors, but you can never get mandarin, and this tastes like they just got mandarin first and then made beer afterwards. Holy shit. That is just orange juice, but a beer. Well, I didn't expect it to be this hazy. Yeah. I, I know when we talk about like Nipahs and hazies and shit, we, we often say like, it smells and tastes like orange juice. This it really one, does. This one is like almost a fucking carbon copy. Yeah. That is striking. And at 8%, you wouldn't believe it. No. It's, that's that's no. really tasty. There's, there's a little bit of it on the end if I'm, if I'm trying to find it, but mm. it's not like you wouldn't know. It's even got that ever so slight 
pucker in the back of my mouth, mm. which is almost certainly hot burn, but it, you could you could mistake that for like citrus um, yeah. sourness. Yeah, yeah. That is... Wowie. It's really hard to explain people how much this looks like a glass of orange juice. <laughs> You're going to have to take our word for um, it until you know, the photos come you out. You know what? Which come out at the same time as this. Oh, wait. Yeah, that's a really good point. I was like, yeah. will you already take a photo of it? In an unprecedented move, I have the camera in hand. And I'm just going to take a photo of it now. All right. I'm going to continue to talk about it. I yeah, suppose. please do. Okay. Because you reached for the cut button. <laughs> um, no, no. So this is, this is um, as I say, a double IPA, not malty at all. But it doesn't advertise itself as a hazy or a neeper. So I'm very surprised at how fruity and how light it is. Um, the flavor is, is yeah, it's mass, just mass um, citrus and um, it's tropical fruits, Yeah, I would say. Um, there's a little bit of bitterness in the back after, like it's a, it's a slow aftertaste, but that's also when you get in that alcohol taste as well. And I think yeah. that's, that's really, um, that's really something that I wouldn't have expected. I, I, I didn't know what a Danish double IPA was going to be like. And yeah, it turns out, um, pretty good. Mad. Yeah. <laughs> they are not fucking about. It is sweet without being cloying. Yes. Um, it's, that's just. That's just really nice. Yeah. I don't know if I could drink multiple. No. Because it's quite an intense flavor. No, this would be this would be like a one-pinter. Mm. Like, if you think about, like, when we go to Carwin, right, and they've got all this wild shit on tap, this would be one of those ones that they might recommend to you. You try it, be like, cool, next. Great, yeah, yeah. next. Um, one thing I will say is I've had to drive over here with these cans. I do wish it was slightly cooler. Mm. Um, it's been a warmer afternoon in, in Melbourne today. Despite the fact they absolutely shut it down from about midday onwards yesterday yeah, until midday today. Maybe maybe we need to make a show investment in a, in a cooler f- bag to for you to bring them over. It's not a bad idea, though, actually. <laughs> maybe I, I can do that. Yeah, I'm thinking really hard about that as if it's in some way really can, can difficult. You, can you get a cooler bag that is primarily for two cans? Almost certainly. Yeah, probably. But also I just thought about getting a cooler bag in which you store two cans. You sh- I feel like you shouldn't be able to have tokens. I feel like there's probably a law about that. Right. I've got to go. Okay. Uh, I'll carry on from here then. Oh, no, it's all right. They're puffins. doesn't matter. Uh, I'm, I'm all yeah, good. Fine. Um, cool. Yeah, sweet. Oh, man, now I want to buy a puffin. Let's <laughs> buy a puffer jacket. It's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a bad joke. That's terrible. <laughs> it, it is one of my favorite insults from my favorite TV show, which is called The Thick of It, where someone... Like a basically a, a big nerdy character like drops like what he thinks is an insult mm-hmm. and everyone just goes quiet and his boss just looks at him, looks at the guy he's insulted and just goes, sorry about the puffin. <laughs> just like, what? What an insult. What I love it. Mean? <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. It's just like, it's just, what? It's just good. Oh man. Um, I really like it. Great yeah. show. Anyway, great beer. Uh, yeah. really liking this. Yeah, very impressed. I, I'm not sure I've had anything by Ale Farm before, but I feel like it's a name I have seen at a place like Carwin. So there's a UK brewery called the Beer Farm. That one I've heard of. Um, yeah, I'm probably just getting confused with that. Because, excuse me, I spent a couple of minutes just going like, Ale Farm, Beer Farm, Ketchup, Ketchup. A more specific farm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't sure because I was like looking at it, I was like, but ale farmer from the UK. And it's like, oh, that's beer farmer from the UK. Yeah. I might be making this up. Maybe they're called ale beer or something. Um, <laughs> also, it might be pronounced like ale farmer or something like that. I doubt it. That was my Dutch accent. Yeah, it, it wasn't. was a bit closer. Oh, yeah. to that, my Dutch accent. <laughs> it might be called. Sorry, I got to stop, stop. Stop doing it. Yeah, stop. Stop. <laughs> stop. It's not ready. Um, 
That is actually a Danish beer advert, thinking about it. Anyway. Yeah. Are you interested in hearing some stuff about some things? Uh, yes. Okay. I thought I was going to get more info in that sentence. No. Would you like to say anything else about the beer? Uh, it's delicious. Thank you, Ale Farm. Okay. So I'm going to um, crack into a thing on the side of the beer before we go into the main thing. Mm-hmm. So I would actually like to acknowledge this because I think it's probably a pretty important part of this beer. Um this beer is brewed in honor of uh, Jonas Peter, um, I want to say Ploger, um, who was a first lieutenant serving in the Danish army, who um, unfortunately died in Afghanistan in July in 2010. Mm-hmm. So the beer is brewed in his honor with tremendous love for Jonas. And then it has some stuff in Danish that I'm not going to try and pronounce because it's actually quite serious. Um, and the founder and CEO of Elf on Brewing was a friend of his. Okay. So I thought that was really nice. Um, it's the artwork on it is actually I think it's really cool. Um, yeah, it's almost like an oil painting, or sorry, more more of a water. Yeah, color, so. it's like a watercolor for troops sort of walking through the battlefield. Yeah, um, it's it's a cool painting. I I don't think either of us are sort of big military guys or anything. I think military histories and stuff entertaining. We've talked about this before. How you would feel a little bit like yeah icky about Not liking it. Not a fan it. of war. Yeah. Some, compelling stories i guess you could say very much so um and i'm hoping to bring for want of a better word some levity to it with today's uh story okay so let's dig into it um we're gonna be talking about a conflict that took place um here in australia um in uh, the dying months of um 1932 Mm -hmm. um specifically around the the campion district of western australia which is about, um, it might be Campion or Campion. It's like Champion, but without an H. Yeah, right. um, it's about 300 kilometers east of Perth. Okay. Um, it's in the middle of nowhere, kind of. Yeah, it's, it's pretty inland. Yeah. Um, basically, after World War One, the Australian government had given returning veterans a parcel of land in WA and encouraged them to take up farming. Huh. Like, um, just no matter where you're from, you're getting that's where you're getting land? Yeah, so I think, uh, my understanding was that... The, Basically, this was empty. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, so, as you might know, um, farming is kind of a difficult thing to do, even if you are a trained agrarian, um, uh, which I saw in like drag culture. Um, uh, I believe I might get that wrong. I might be yeah. like a agronomist. Um, anyway, it's a difficult <laughs> thing to do, even in the right circumstances, if you know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, never mind the wrong. Um, and the wrong circumstances, WA has a lot of. Um, they were encouraged to grow a lot of wheat, at the time and then the great depression hit and they were encouraged to grow more wheat despite the fact that when the depression hit um the price of wheat fell through the ass right it just dropped yeah so the government said oh look we'll we'll give you federal subsidies and um and they never really delivered uh so as the price of wheat fell even further farmers basically threatened to withhold their crops Mm. um and that's when our belligerents arrived okay um, as the year progressed, temperatures began to soar late into... So obviously, for those in the north, our summer is, of course, uh, from end of November through to what feels like June. February, March sort of time frame, yeah. Yeah. It's it's hot around Christmas, basically. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so emus normally migrate inland to breed, but at this point, they decided to head back towards the coast. Are we doing what I think we're doing? Yes, that's right. Our bird belligerents who migrate from Central Australia kicked off the emu war. Fuck yes. Oh, man. This has been on the list for so long. Has it? 
I'm pretty sure like I thought it hadn't. I wasn't no, sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure if we go back and look at the list of like episode ideas we put together a year ago or more. Fantastic. Emu War is on there. Fantastic. But it's, it's it's one of those ones that okay, find a beer that relates to the Emu War. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> look, honestly, <laughs> I, I but I told you earlier like this wasn't the beer I intended to buy, and then I'd already got the episode in my head, and I was like, this good, and yeah. I was like, need to find another. War or bird-based Tangentially beer. war-related beer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, listen, if you are the people from Ale Farm, please don't think I'm trying to do injustice to your friend. No. Um, that's not what this is about. Um, so, yeah, um, as the year uh, progressed, as I say, temperatures uh, slightly rising towards summer, and the uh, birds were largely migrating around Central Australia during breeding periods. Um so they go inland to breed and then they go back out to the coast or towards coastal regions after that. To so, retire, I assume. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's tons of them up in Sunny Coast. It's ridiculous. It's like yeah. just them and, and, and aging racists. <laughs> <laughs> aging bird racists. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking sparrows coming down here. <laughs> oh my Get God. those ibises out of the bins. The... the there's a weird minor irony going on in my head that today I was reading an article about how Mao tried to kill all the sparrows, not personally, but led a campaign to kill all the sparrows <laughs> in uh, China because he said they were ruining crops. Um, uh, this is during the Great Leap Forward, which is a whole fucking thing where basically 15 to 45 million Chinese people died of starvation and he led a campaign against four pests, one of which was sparrows. Wow. Um, so in my head, the bird racists then were <laughs> mocking the... Australian racists who are always like fucking Chinese coming down here, yeah. not an opinion either of us hold. And but actually, fucking sparrows coming down here would have been fleeing China in my head. So yeah. Anyway, that's a tangent. There's layers there that I don't want to unpack. It's fine. Let's get back to emus. Elliot Spirit, not a racist. Um, <laughs> so when they begin to migrate, that's a bit loud. Sorry, clip there. So when they began to migrate this year, um, they were met with suddenly a bunch of cleared land and plentiful water supplies that had been set up to put wheat on ah. so no longer the brush and scrub and emptiness instead full dams and lakes fucking oasis quite so um so they started moving into the farms eating and ruining crops breaking fences which allowed rabbits in which caused further issues uh-huh. basically just being a nuisance yeah um and emus, by the way, I think are hilarious if you they're ever see them. Massive, right? Oh, they're they're large birds. They're yeah. like if they stand upright, like nearly six foot. Yeah, jeez. They're, they're not a joke. No. They're pretty scary fuckers. No. And then you have like cassowaries, which are the closest living relative to the dinosaur. Yeah, they're basically emus with a bone mohawk. Yeah, that they <laughs> run through the jungle and occasionally get stuck into trees and then to try and get it out, apparently break their own necks because they try so hard to get it out, they just end up killing themselves. Dude, that's metal as fuck. Yeah. Far Cry 3 has cassowaries. They're scary. Yeah. <laughs> so during this time in Australia, actually, it's worth sort of mentioning that there was a growing movement for WA to secede from the Federation. Oh, um, good. Which, you know, this year has probably, thing. probably got quite a lot of support. Yeah. Um, haha, COVID joke. Um <laughs> unprecedented we've got to do one I've got to find a new word for unprecedented it's doing my tits in yeah no you just you just have to sit there and have a drink every time someone says it I don't care if it's in an 11am meeting that's how I've been justifying my year actually Mm -hmm. so um, at the same time until 1922 
emus were designated as a protective na- protected native species. Ah. Um, and it wasn't basically until they t- started being a menace and annoying shits on wheat farms that they got that distinction oh, removed. Weird how the rules get changed. Yeah. And so <laughs> it, was, it was quite weird, but it wasn't even just they were like, mm, no longer protected. They went from protected to having bounties placed on emu beaks. Right. Which quite funny yeah um quite an extreme flip uh and my final bullet point here so what i do is like do indented bullet points for like notes on notes okay and my third indented bullet point here just says idiots (laughs) 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 brought this upon yourself birds yeah um so this roving mass of emus ravaging farms at this time was supposedly estimated to be around twenty thousand birds fuck that which is no fucking joke moving as one pack uh, I don't think moving as one just pack, kind of but like, like as a wider um, unconfederated hive mind. Yeah, <laughs> tyranids. Uh, oh, that's a fucking nerdy joke for you all. I don't even. That get... is a Warhammer forty thousand reference. Wow, that mm. is outside of so, my realm of knowledge. That's a low for this podcast. Yeah, I don't know if it is forty k. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got lower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, twenty thousand birds um, in this small area of WA. By the way, a small area of WA is still the size of London, but whatever. Yeah, but still. Mm. That's a lot of those birds. It's a lot of any bird, to I'm be trying honest. To, trying to think about like the emu density per square kilometer. That's got to be fucked. Got to be high. Yeah. Um, and also, like seeing four or five emus is a little bit nerve-wracking. <laughs> seeing one, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? I live in inner Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> get off, uh, get off this walking mean trail. Yeah. Um, like that guy walking his emu in like the north of England <laughs> video. <laughs> his name's Water. Just got it on a leash. Yeah. That is his eight asshole. feet long. <laughs> so good. Um, so these farmers, as mentioned earlier, were largely soldiers, mm. um, or sorry, former soldiers that had been conscripted or rather part of World War One. Mm-hmm. Um, and they basically decided to take matters into their own hands. They all, a lot of them had rifles and they claimed to have shot about a thousand birds, um, but basically saw no change to the, to the birds. Like there was Wait. still enough of them causing a problem. So it was like, it made no dent. Farming's a bust. Let's collect those bounties. It's funny you say that. That'll come up. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so, a group of former soldiers petitioned the defense minister, uh, a chap called Sir George Pierce, who I looked at a picture of, and he's just got like a really smarmy mustache, and it's really funny. Oh, he's just got this good. like, mm-hmm, gonna sleep with your wife. Look <laughs> on his face. Uh, or husband, who knows? Um, <laughs> just on my way to fuck your dad. <laughs> Again, um, so so these farmers petitioned um, because they'd, they'd been in World War One. They saw how effective machine guns were. <laughs> yeah, look. I at the same time, I feel like I would know that a machine gun would work against an emu. I've never well, been th- to th- a war. But don't, don't forget, machine guns were fairly new at this point. Like, th- yeah, th- okay. it's one of the first theaters of war they were deployed in. Heavily. I, w- I would extend that to say any gun would work against a bird that cannot operate a gun. Well, we'll see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, Sir George Pierce agreed, but only on the proviso that those guns were to be um, deployed and used by m- active military personnel um, who they also sent along. They couldn't just hand them over to the farmers with 10,000 rounds of, rounds of ammunition. Yeah, give them a couple fell. That's what I thought, to be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and the other proviso was that the arm, the farmers would feed and house the soldiers, which, you know, during a depression, a bit yep. of a dick move, yeah. but, I, but also middle of nowhere, so I do kind of get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah. always fun. 
Um, so basically, he rationalized that the emus would be a decent target practice, if nothing else. <laughs> um, what? Yeah, pretty wild. So, oh, man. The, and, and it was kind of theorized at the time that the operation would be a pretty good way to quell some of that secession, secession movement. They'd be like, hey, we're here to help WA. We're all part of this together. We're letting you kill giant birds. We're helping you. We're doing yeah. it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to that respect, they also sent down a cinematographer to, um, to document <laughs> the events. What? And um, the, the cinematographer was from an organization called Fox Movie Tone, which I admittedly, I misread at first and thought the cinematographer's name was Fox Movie Tone. I was like, he was born to do that job. Yeah, that is a banging name. Hi, Fox. Fox Movie Tone. Like, oh, oh yes. yes. <laughs> this is my camera and this is my ginormous penis. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I saw it coming. Still effective. Yeah. And in my head, he dresses like Brendan Fraser in The Mummy. Yeah. <sighs> Brendan Fraser in The Mummy. What a man. Mm. Um, so the first day of the conflict, the soldiers were led by a man called Major GPW Meredith. <laughs> All right. I did look up what those initials were, and I couldn't find out. Um, <laughs> and they spied a flock of 50 emus. You know, okay. it's not quite the 20,000. It must be a small breakaway raiding party. It's, it's a sleeper cell. Yeah, a skirmish of, of emus. <laughs> um, the co- what is the collective noun for emus? Um, a fuckload. <laughs> you see two. A flock, surely. You see two, and it's... No, because you've got a murder of crows. That's another bird. A bastard of emus. I like that. Okay. I got asked what the um, collective noun for the C word was earlier. Cool. Shower. I hate that. <laughs> I hate a shower that. of communists oh good all right not that's that word um, uh-huh. anyway um so the troops were ordered to herd these birds into the range of the two lewis guns mm. um it had begun good so i cannot wait for this over the rest of that day the soldiers fired at hundreds maybe even thousands of birds with the two fully automatic twin lewis guns uh-huh and they killed 12. How many were there? Hundreds or maybe thousands. Um, look, I, I've never been a military person. I've never been to war. I've never shot a gun. Those numbers don't sound <laughs> good. Low. Yeah. Sounds low, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, Given that you've got the guns and they don't. Yes. <laughs> um, there was a there was a, a repeated quote in a lot of the sources that I looked at that was like, first blood was drawn in the emu war. And I was like, that must be from something, but it really tickled me. Yeah. Um, so day one, not a rousing success. Look, most people aren't effective on day one of a new job. I get it. It's induction. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go through a week of that before you really feel like you know the place. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Um, you got you to get a handle on how you use a coffee machine and stuff. Yeah. You have to know where the bathrooms are, where the kitchen is, where mm-hmm. your desk is, uh, where the racists tend to sit in the office. Queensland. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the soldiers decided then that they had to, and I can't believe this, com- this, this conversation had to take place, outsmart the emus. Good. Um, and instead decided an ambush at a dam. And this isn't a dam like a traditional, like the Hoover Dam. This A dam in Australian farming is like a water collection point. It, it, it's a lake, basically. Right. An artificial lake that you can draw water from. Okay. It's probably called a dam everywhere else as well, but neither of us are farmers. I mean, dams are ways to collect water. Oh, no, but it's not from a, like a river. Oh. But then it's got like a, a dam across it. It's just a, oh. a big... Just a reservoir. 
sort of. Yeah, sort yeah. of. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Check our farming knowledge. Yeah. Um, so basically, concealed gunners sighted a thousand emus nearby at the dam. Well, maybe they shouldn't have taken the time to count them instead to shoot them. Well, no, they had to wait patiently for them to make their way within range. Okay. At point-blank range, the soldiers opened fire. Point-blank range? Yes. With a six-foot bird? Yes. A thousand of them. Two, uh, what's it called? Fully automatic machine guns, once again. Yeah, yeah. And uh, these it, are like the type of machine gun that you need to like set up and place. Yeah, so Lewis guns were fairly large. Yeah. yeah, they're basically like LMGs if you've played like COD or anything. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking more like it's like a proper like belt fed like. Chun, 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 yeah, chun. more like you need to set up a fucking turret situation. It's not quite that large, but like a, a tripod would have been probably used. Right, right. Okay. Um, or a bipod. Mm. Anyway, uh, they killed uh, about ten out of thousand. Great. And then the gun jammed. Great. So, at which point the emus, of course, scattered and made their escape. Oh. I thought they would just be like, hey, fuck you. No, because uh, no, the end of the day, they are still very much prey in this instance. And yeah. they and they know it better than anyone. Yeah, and I suppose machine guns are loud as fuck. Yeah. They would have just wanted to run away anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But still. Yeah. Um, those odds are bad. And so- the ratio, like... The ratios are poor. That's a shitty KDA. It is. Yeah. Um, so they were like, well, okay, what else can we do? And like, well, I know someone who's got a truck. Why don't we mount them, the gun on the truck, drive along and shoot the emus with it? Tell me what type of truck it was. It didn't say, but Damn. I imagine like an old Holden. I was going to throw out a Hilux. It's always a Hilux. It's 1932. Or a Jeep. It's about to it's pull that, but yeah, the Willis Jeep did exist. Yeah. Um, so... They mounted it on a truck, um, which made aiming basically impossible. Yep. And the truck was slower than the emus. What? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> How fast are emus? Quite, but like, you're not going to cycle after one probably. But like, again, 1932. Yeah. And but- like cross country in WA, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know, man. This this sounds bad for people. So within a week, the troops were recalled, having so far fired twenty five percent of their allotted ten thousand rounds of ammunition. So hang on, that's two and a half thousand. Two and a half thousand, yeah. Mm-hmm. And at that point, they'd only killed two hundred emus. Oh man, I'm, every part of my brain is showing like. You know, multiplayer shooter video games and the leaderboard you get at the end where it's like kills, deaths, and then fucking like accuracy, which is how many of your bullets hit something. <laughs> just like, well, this, oh, a farmer's so, dead. So far, <laughs> like. Nothing. Like. Basically nothing. Yeah. It's bugger all. Yeah. It's like less than 10%. Yeah. Fucking Um, up. And uh, Major Meredith noted that his men had at least suffered no casualties. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where you start from, is nobody's dead. Yeah. I mean, the emus had suffered, but... Had they, though? The men suffered no casualties, so that was a win, I suppose. No. That no. just means nothing changed. Yeah. They lost a bunch of ammo. Yeah. And spent a lot of money. Yeah. And wheat. Um, well, yeah. So, um, a member of the New South Wales Parliament asked whether or not a medal would be struck for the conflict. As in... Like, like they were, as if, as in they would be given a medal. Yeah, like a veteran's medal. 
And uh, a member from WA said that the medal would be awarded to the emus who had won every round so far. Correct. Did they actually make one? Uh, alas, no. That they would be are. great. Um, so <laughs> trying to find one emu to pin it on. I've got a, I've got a couple of a couple of quotes here which I thought were really oh, fun. Um, so Meredith said in the Herald Sun, which in in that time was called the Sun Herald, in 1953 <laughs> when they were still talking about it. Yeah. 20 years later. I mean, we're talking about it now in the year 2020. Uh, Meredith said, and I'm going to put on um, an Australian military accent here. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was going to do a really spicy and inappropriate joke then. Mm. Because this week it's been not good for the Australian military. No. Mm. (laughs) No, Uh, it's not. I'm just going to stick with my accent. Yeah. Um, If we had a military division with the bullet carrying capacity of these birds, it would face any army in the world. They can face machine guns with the invulnerability of tanks. And then he said something about Zulus. I cut that. Yeah, good. Um, ammo capa- carrying capacity of these birds. Yes. I don't really know what that means, but... No, what that says to me is they need to train emus to carry ammo in the wars. Well, beluga whales, dolphins, and seals, and maybe... Wait, I'm about to say maybe bears, but that might be just Command and Conquer Red Alert. Have mm. all been trained for warfare. As, of course, of dogs and pigeons. Yeah. Yeah. No one's done emus, though. That's a good point. Yeah. Weaponized emus. And there's a lot of them. And they apparently are very good in war. We've got examples. Well, another quote. The machine gunner's dreams of point-blank fire into serried masses of emus were soon dissipated. The emu command had evidently ordered guerrilla tactics, and its unwieldy army soon split into innumerable small units that made use of the military equipment made that made use of the military equipment uneconomic. Mm-hmm. A crestfallen field force therefore withdrew from the combat area after about a month. Which I thought was fantastic. Wow. To the victor, the emus goes the wheat. Oh, I thought you were going to say they are just now in charge of a bunch of land and WA. They own WA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been? Uh, a couple of times. Emuville. I can't say I actually. Have you saw ever taken one. a close look at someone from Perth? No. Feathery. Um, <laughs> Feathery. So eventually, <laughs> the solution to the problem uh-huh. was cash. Well, they bought the emus off. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. Go out to town. Uh, alas no that would be great um but their bounty system was just reinstated oh, okay and in a six-month period fifty-seven thousand beaks were turned in okay so the people that managed to turn those beaks in would have just been farmers and poachers and yeah stuff. but what tools were they using just rifles and shotguns okay so not military grade hardware nope just regular run-of-the-mill yep. guns that they could have acquired as yep. farmers Amazing. Six months, 57,000. Cool. How much money was spent on the whole machine gun thing? I didn't see that, but it was probably quite a lot. Yeah. And then they also, they essentially also spent money on the bounties. Yeah. So they just bled a bunch of money. Again, I think, I think we can all agree that the real winner here is A, emus and B, capitalism. Uh, Yeah. And emu capitalism. Mostly emus. Mostly the emus won. And I, for one, welcome our new emu overlords. I guess we have to. They're mm. clearly better. It'd be great if the doorbell rang right now. It's like, oh, there's one now. No, no no doorbell, just a really firm smash on the door. Like, I think the word you're looking for is peck. Nah. For some reason, it would just be really loud and booming. It would kick it, maybe. Yeah. Like a velociraptor. Yeah. 
Anyway, and that um, was the short and incredibly sweet and quite funny Emu War. Wowie. So, my question to you, Mm. Michael, is which animal would you like to go to war with? Really? Uh, Koalas. (laughs) They're asleep most of the day. They are pretty shit. They're asleep most of the day. They're all almost extinct. If I had to go to war with any species of animal, it would be that because I'm sure I would win. Also, they all mostly have chlamydia, so they just die anyway. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a really good one. And also, you didn't think very long about that. That no. was really quick. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I'm already planning this. No, Look it, at this map. <laughs> I'm, I'm really not. I, I have to say that. I, I'm running I'm running for a safe seat in the National Party. I'm going to win this oh, war. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. There we go. That's a great Australian political joke. That's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I did very quickly connect this asleep 24 hours, uh, 20 hours out of the day. Mm. Oh, that'd be easy. Sloths that, also? That happened very quickly. Yeah, but there's not a lot of sloths around here. Mm, good point. Yeah. I was, would, at that point, I would have to wage an international war, and I'm not about to do that. Mm, that's a good point. Mm. I was thinking maybe the Welsh. <laughs> okay, you can make that joke. Sure can't. <laughs> <laughs> sure can't. Um, I like Welsh people. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. It's the Scotch. No. Um... What animal would I go to war with? I I thought your answer would be more meditative and thoughtful, and we'd go back and forth. So I didn't have anything to hand. You didn't have it. You didn't didn't think about this. Mm -mm. I don't. I mean, mm. no, I got nothing. I recently won a war against ants in my house. You didn't. They're still there. (laughs) That's how that works. Mm. It's their house now. Yeah, (laughs) they're in the walls somewhere. I, I think I could beat my cat. That I'm mostly sure of. It's about as far as I can go. Yeah. <laughs> he's quite old, though, right? He's like seven. Oh, I thought he was older for some reason. No, he's just useless. Oh, yeah. Well, that that might be it. He he looks older than he is. He's just... It's just overweight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I'm thinking about my cat. It's making me really smile. Yeah. Um, it's a good cat. Well, he's just all right. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the emu war. Um, yeah. Didn't really have anything else. It was about long. I mean, that... This that's, podcast is about as long as the war. That's how this goes, is you have a topic and then it's done. It's true. Yeah. There is there is a war that lasted one day, but it was one of those ones during colonial times when things weren't that nice. Mm. Where basically, I forget where, I believe it's one of the African nations like Tanzania or Zanzibar, mm-hmm. something like that. There was a rebel cadre and they declared themselves a... Uh, sovereign nation or something like that away from the British which mm-hmm. you know fair play British and um, like that they're not big fans and they, <laughs> they, they hold up probably the worst place they could have hold up they hold mm. up in a uh, a large hotel and bar um, which you know great idea in theory mm. right on the bay um, uh, like in the harbour which was full of British gunships I was going to say the British do love boats we're good at them yeah <laughs> um, look at Ellen MacArthur um She's the uh, first woman to sail around the world single-handedly. Okay. Suck in the 2000s. Not so much a combat thing. Just love boats, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> boats, boats, boats. Uh, yeah, and, and apparently it, it was the, it was a um, a war that lasted an hour. Oh, my God. Because um, we just decimated the hotel right. and just, like, brought them to their knees. Mm. It's not great, admittedly, mm. for us. But what I would add, and this is not apologism for... Apologism? I don't know if that's a word. Mm. Apologism for British colonialism, but... Like, tactically, you chose poorly, boys. That like, yeah, that sounds like not the best strategic. Wasn't decision. a lot of planning going into that one. No, 
It felt like they were drunk and they just declared it while they were in the pub. Or it was like just the most solid looking building around or they were like, yeah, this looks safe enough. Should have just gone like 20 yards inland. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Get behind a different building. Yeah. Just run away from the coast. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Anyway, Mm. um, I think I've decided... On? Uh, an animal I'd like to go to war with. Oh, good. What is it? Um, one of those, like, really close to extinction animals. Oh, so there's only a few of them around. Yeah, save myself a lot of effort. You um, probably want to pick one that they're Tasmanian not... Tasmanian tiger. I was going to say, one that's not, like, on the other side of the world. Because then you've got to go a long way to kill it. That's a good point. What about one of those really rare birds? Yeah. They're always in captivity. As, well, yeah, but if there's a couple of them in zoos around the world... Mm. Pandas. Pandas. Pandas, pandas be easy yeah they're dumb ass yeah the, the 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 one thing they need to do to stay alive as a species is fuck and, they and they're not flat doing out it. refuse yeah <laughs> you know I, I that's it i've declared war on pandas and so far i'm winning well you're you're still here yep uh pandas are still here though. i wonder who's gonna go first there's a concerted effort to mm. you know bring them back but there is. they are still shit at it. Yeah, they, they, they still need to get over the whole wanting to fuck problem. Don't know. You know, asexual animals, let them do what they want. Sure. Uh, like, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have we asked them? No. Uh, well, not me personally. I mean, they uh, speak Chinese you? and I, uh, you know, okay. mine's pretty rough. It's been a while, huh? Mm. <laughs> Are you sure asexual, Ma? Um <laughs> And that is a great way to close out the podcast. That was Chinese for the record. That wasn't me being some kind of awful human being. You did live in China for a while. I did. That is important to mention, I think. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get out of here. Yeah, let's get out. Yeah. Let's, get, let's get it out. Let's get yeah. done. Yeah. The beer was delicious. I'm still nursing mine a little bit. Well, you had to do all the talking. Yeah. That's, that's I did all the drinking, apparently. Mine's talking, gone. Drinking. Um, cool. Well, the, oh, we got all the things. Um <laughs> If you liked any of that, we are available um, for hire, but also mm. on social media. Yes. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hebrew Podcast. That is Hebrew Podcast at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Follow us on all the shit. Um, like our stuff and leave us comments and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Mike, handball. Nice. Uh, we also have an email address sure if do. you'd like to, I don't know, send us anything that doesn't. F- fit into a twitter character limit for example or maybe you don't want to be entirely public uh you can hit us up there at hello at heybrew.zone hello at heybrew.zone excellent yeah um and on top of that we are also available on all your favorite platforms and some of the ones you don't like where you can go on there and hit subscribe to subscribe and then also do us a favor leave a review if you can that's it preferably five star i'll accept four Three is right out. <laughs> um, oh, what is that from? It's Monty Python. It is, yeah. <laughs> Count to three. That's Five it. is right out. Anyway, uh, <laughs> not, that's not this podcast. No. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, leave us a review. Um, say some nice things or say some honest things if you like us. Yes. Yep. Um, Very good. What else do we have? Heybrew.zone? Heybrew.zone. If any of that was confusing, uh, Heybrew.zone has links to everything we've mentioned. Uh, or you can just listen to episodes in your web browser if podcast apps are not your thing. That's like the idea. If, if any of that was confusing, not the instructions, just the episode. 
yeah, if you got this far and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Just remember, heybrew.zone. Spectacular. Well, I'm going to finish this beer mm-hmm. and then I'm going to have a little sleep. Nice. Um, this has been Heybrew. I've been Elliot. I've been Mike. Cheers. Cheers. I think I might go home and make a katsu curry. Yeah, my life is dope. I do dope shit.